For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. The unsurpassed, profound, and wondrous Dharma is rarely met with even in a hundred thousand million kalpas. Now I can see and hear it, accept and maintain it. May I unfold the meaning of the Tathagata's truth. Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Can you hear me okay? Uh, So uh, this morning, I'm going to talk about our school song, the song of the Jewel Mirror Samadhi. So I spoke about this this week, uh, Wednesday and Thursday, at Upaya Zen Center in Santa Fe, where they're doing a practice period about this uh, wonderful song. Um, we did a practice period on the Jewel Mirror Samadhi here at Ancient Dragon Zen Gate back when we had a uh, temple uh, on Irving Park Road back in 2013. Um, so we did our two-month practice period on the Jewel Mirror Samadhi back then. Um, I think uh, Asia Nance Easton and Hogetsu, Lori Belzer and Jerry were in that practice period and Douglas and Kathy and Nathan were around, I think. Um, so uh, I, I want to talk about this uh, important teaching for us. Uh, it's attributed to Dongshan Yangjie in Chinese, Tozan Ryokai in Japanese, who was the founder of the Soto School in China in the 800s. Uh, so I talk a lot about Dogen, who brought this that school to Japan in the 1200s, and of course, Suzuki Roshi who brought it to San Francisco in the 1960s. Anyway, um, uh, Dongshan uh, is very important to us, um, and um, so uh, there's a lot to say about him. I wrote a book about uh, Dongshan and the practice of suchness called Just This Is It, um, and one of the one of the last chapters is about this song, Hokyozamai in Japanese, the Jewel Mare Samadhi. So I want to talk about some of the main uh, main points in this song. Um, so uh, David, would you uh, share the screen with the text uh, for now? I'm going to talk about the first uh, couple lines to start. Uh, so. It begins, the Dharma of suchness is intimately transmitted by Buddhas and ancestors. Now you have it, preserve it well. So the topic, the subject of this whole text, it's two pages and it's you can find it on our website in the chant section of the teachings. Um, the, it, the subject is the Dharma of suchness. The Dharma, or the teaching or the reality of suchness. Sometimes it's translated as thusness. 
suchness is um, in a way the, the 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 focus of our whole practice and teaching. Uh, suchness tatata is how it's pronounced in Sanskrit. A lovely word tatata, um, and it has the same root as the tatagata, the uh, a name for the Buddha, uh, the thus come one, the one who comes and goes in suchness. Uh, so this teaching and this reality of suchness is about just meeting and paying attention to, as Suzuki Roshi called it, things as it is. This situation, our Dharma position, each of us individually and collectively. So I'll, I'll talk about um, that. And I, I'm, uh, I'm hoping to talk about this song, this text, um, a couple, two or three more times in the next couple of months or so. So, uh, but suchness is, in a sense, another way of talking about emptiness. It's the other side of emptiness. Um, it's maybe the positive side of emptiness, although really they're talking about the same thing. They're talking about the reality of interconnectedness and wholeness and that everything is as such. And as it says, this is, this is what is intimately transmitted by Buddhism ancestors. All the Buddhism ancestors um, transmit, or actually the, the, the Chinese character there is not the same character as Dharma transmission. It's conveyed or imparted or entrusted. So it's intimately conveyed by Buddhists and ancestors. So I want to talk about... Um, this suchness, and the whole song is about this suchness, as I said, but also about what it, what is the practice of that. But the, but the next line is, now you have it, preserve it well, keep it well. This text, this song of the Jewel Mary Samadhi, uh, in China was a kind of secret text. It was uh, part of what was conveyed in the Dharma transmission ceremony uh, in Japan, starting with Dogen, there were other texts that were used. And I think starting in the early 1600s with Menzon this, uh, in Japan, this became part of the Soto liturgy. So now we say the Dharma of suchness is what is intimately conveyed by all Buddhists and ancestors. This reality of just this, Suzuki Roshi called it, things as it is. Now you have it, preserve it well. So since we chant this, and we'll be chanting this at the end of uh, the talk today, uh, we'll chant the whole thing. But now you have it, preserve it well. So um, in some ways, all of you have possess our uh, completely connected with this Dharma, this teaching, this practice of suchness, of just meeting things as it is. So we sit facing the wall. We sit facing ourselves. We sit facing all of reality. And how do we meet that? What is the fullness of the teaching of suchness? This uh, connectedness with intimate connectedness with all things, with the wholeness of reality. Just this, this suchness. 
So this, the top, the subject of this whole uh, text is the Dharma of Sushness, but also preserve it well. How do you take care of this? How do we keep this? How do we sustain and maintain this? So this is the, the uh, commitment of uh, Dharma teachers to do that. But it's also, uh, since we all chant it now, you, each of you, has it. Preserve it well. So our whole practice and this whole teaching song is about how we take care of this. And, you know, we're here, here we are, um, you know, a long time after this, uh, Dongshan created this text in the 800s, and we're still uh, trying to take care of this teaching, of this reality. And, how, and, and it has to be done differently in each uh, context, in each uh, time period, in each century, and each place. So now we are trying to maintain and convey and take care of this reality of suchness. This is the heart of our practice. So, um, David, if you could scroll down. Uh, a little bit. I want to talk about a couple. Um, yeah, let's see. Yes, okay, that's good enough. Yes, thank you. So um, the other key lines in this whole teaching song, like facing a precious mirror in the middle of that page now, form and reflection behold each other. You are not it, but truly or in truth, it is you. That line. You are not it, but actually it is you. In truth, it is you, yet it is you. Uh, that's, uh, along with the first line or two, that's the most important line in this text. And it's, you know, it's, an, it's enough for you to remember just this. You are not it, but in truth, it is you. So this goes back to a story about Dongsha and his teacher, Yunyan. So uh, maybe uh, for, for now we can take, take off the uh, screen share data. Uh, so the story is about uh, Dongshan um, and his teacher, Yunyan. And when Dongshan had uh, uh, finished his training with Yunyan, or had done a, a lot of training with Yunyan, he um, went to Yunyan and, as he was going to leave, and he asked a very important question. He asked Yunyan, if somebody should ask me later on, what is your, what was your teaching? What was your reality? What was your Dharma? What should I say? And um, uh, hold on a second. Sorry for that in- interruption. Uh, so, uh, again, Dongshan went to his teacher, Yunyan, and said, if someone asks me later on, what was your teaching? What was your reality? What was your dharma? What should I say? And the story goes that Yunyan said, 
Just this is it. Just this. And um, Dongshan was, um, you know, kind of didn't know what to say about that. Um, and then, he, without saying anything, he left. And as he was walk, as he was uh, w- walking away, I mean, the, back then when pe- when uh, Zen students went to tra- travel to different, um, just to visit different teachers, they didn't take a car or a train or an airplane. They walked. And as he was walking along, he came to a stream. And as he was wading across the stream, Dongshan looked down. And he saw his reflection, like a jeweled mirror, and suddenly realized what Yunyan was, was uh, referring to. And uh, Dongshan wrote a, a, a verse, a poem about it. He said, just don't seek from others or you'll be far estranged from self. So... Uh, this this dharma of sessions is not something that somebody else can give you. I can't tell any of you how to be Buddha. Each of you has your own way of expressing Buddha. So he said, just don't seek from others or you'll be far estranged from self. I now go on alone everywhere I meet it. This reality of suchness is everywhere. All things, every place is connected. Uh, this is uh, something that we have uh, deep teaching about now here in our world. Um, thanks to the pandemic, first of all, we, we are all connected by that. Uh, variants of the COVID pandemic that happen in India or South Africa or Rwanda or wherever because they don't have vaccines there, as we are fortunate to have, um, they come back and, and now we have another surge. So we're connected with the whole world through this pandemic in a very radical way. This teaching of interconnectedness, which is deeply related to this dharma of suchness, is uh, in our face in a way. And it's in our face on this Zoom screen. So... Um, through Zoom, we are uh, connected to many, many people. So um, right now I can see people on our screen who are in Michigan and California and uh, St. Louis, I believe, and uh, probably many other places. Um, and, And Cleveland is here too. Uh, so uh, we're connected geographically um, to many places through Zoom. So Zoom is a wonderful teaching on interconnectedness. I know I've been I've gotten used to Zoom. A lot of people don't like it because it's it's not the same as sitting in the same room in, in person. But here we are anyway, and we have a chance uh, to uh, talk to each other over great distances and hear each other. So uh, again, Dongshan looked down on the stream and he said, just don't seek from others or you'll be far estranged from self. 
we can't get it from the other from all the other windows on Zoom, but we're connected in that way. I now go on alone, but everywhere I meet it, this this reality of suchness. Then he said this wonderful line, it now is me, I now am not it. So in the Jalomar Samadhi, it's it's put in uh it's put in as you instead of I. You are not it, but it truly is you. One must understand in this way to merge with suchness. So to really um connect with the practice of suchness, we have to hear, we have to understand, we have to feel that I am not it, but it truly is me. So each of us is a particular expression of suchness, of wholeness, of the universal. And yet, we are not it. The wholeness of suchness is far beyond our particular, you know, uh, conditioned personal reality. But it actually is you. So um, Dogen later in Genjo Koan talked about this in another way, but it's the, sort of the same thing. He said, uh, if when, when, when you carry yourself, when, this, when the self projects itself forward to experience the myriad things, that's delusion. That's how Dogen defines delusion. When you carry yourself forward, to experience myriad things. When you and this is this is what we all do, of course. This is how we live. We see the whole world and the whole Zoom screen and all the everything in our life and everything in our world uh, through the sense of ourself. We have our own personal way of seeing everything. But you are not it when you carry yourself forward to experience the myriad things. That's a delusion. However, Dogen continues when you. When all things arise together and experience themselves, that's awakening. That's the side of it truly is you, because we are part of that. So this this gets to a key teaching in one of the one of the key teachings in this uh, Joel Mayer Samadhi. You are not it, but in truth it is you. There's this, uh, and and later on in the song, there's all these discussions of fiveness and um, this uh, this Jewel Mayor Samadhi teaching is considered the starting point of the teaching in in Soto Zen and Saodong in China, as it's, as it's called, of the five degrees. This teaching of the of how. We are how we integrate. So um, it actually is you, this wholeness, this suchness, includes each one of us, each particular box in this home screen. Uh, we, are, we are all part of that. But when we uh, carry ourselves forward to experience it, that's not it. That's delusion. Or, that, or you know, maybe that is it. Because we, Dogen also talks about being in delusion throughout delusion, being in awakening throughout awakening. Uh, so uh, the point is to see the dynamic relationship between uh, what we might call the 
particular or phenomenal, this conditioned self, and the ultimate, the universal, wholeness. We get a, we get a taste of that. We get a sense of that in our zazen practice. For me, it's what keeps, keeps me coming back to zazen. We can't, you know, totally explain or understand it fully, as the Jewel Mary Samadhi talks about later on. But um, there's this dynamic of the relationship between each particular bit of phenomena and the ultimate universal reality. And suchness includes both. So, and the Dharma of suchness includes both. So the practice of the Dharma of suchness, first of all, involves just being present in this reality, seeing things, seeing circumstances, seeing conditions plainly, not turning away, facing the reality of our world, of our troubled world, of our own situation, of our own conditioning, of our own particular greed, anger, and confusion. But just being present in this reality of suchness. But also, this reality of suchness, the practice of it includes this process of integration. So this is one of the main teachings in this song of the Jewel Mary Samadhi, that... um, there is integration between this ultimate universal reality that we get a sense of, maybe just out of the corner of our eye. But if when we, when we continue to do zazen and continue this zazen practice and sustain it, we start to um, settle into it. Not necessarily that we completely realize it. In fact, we can't. It's not that we can fully understand it. But we it's part of us. But then the point of practice is not just to uh, settle into that. The point of practice is what happens when we get up from our cushion, get up from our seat, go out in the world, and um, express this deeper reality in our lives, in the particularities of our lives. This is the Dharma, the teaching, the practice of suchness. How do we include both our sense of wholeness, of the universal reality that we are all part of, and our particular way of being in the world? Each of us has a particular, uh, what Dogen calls a Dharma position. We each have our own personal circumstances, karmic situations, uh, and how do we use that situation? How do we uh, express that situation to benefit all beings, as the precept says, and also to um, express our sense of wholeness? So this is the process, the lifelong process of practicing and intimately conveying the dharma of suchness. You are not it, but truly it is you.
So, um, what is this about? How do we, how do we see this? How do we um, express this? How do we connect with this wonderful process of expressing our personal particular situation in the context of everything, of interconnectedness, of the Dharmakaya Buddha, the Buddha that is everything, all phenomena in this solar system and in all other galaxies. So um, this is the problem. And uh, this Hokyozamai in Japanese, this Hokyozamaika, because it's originally called the Song of the Jewel Mary Samadhi. How do we take care of that? So, um, David, would you please post the uh, the uh, text again? And I want to talk about it. A few of the particular lines. Go back to the top, please. Yeah, it, actually, you're almost there. Um, yeah, starting. Yeah. Um, well, let's say. Okay, so the Dharma of such is intimately conveyed or transmitted by Buddhists and ancestors. Now you have it. Take good care of it. Preserve it well. So how do we do that? I may come back to the sec to the these two lines, but to the third and fourth line. But uh, I want to start with the meaning does not reside in the words, but a pivotal moment brings it forth. So again, our our. Uh, Words, our language, our utterances about this are not it. We cannot fully convey this deep meaning through our language. However, it does come forth. It, is, it does reveal itself as this it brings it forth in a pivotal moment. This, these, uh, the Chinese characters for what's translated here as a pivotal moment are deep um, uh, and can, and as as is true of Chinese characters, often there could be many different ways to translate it, but it's a pivotal moment. It's a moment of the arising of energy. It's also the inquiry of the student. So one of the key characters there that's translated here as pivotal is key in Sino-Japanese. My teacher. Tenshin Zenki, that's the last character of his name, uh, Tenshin Anderson. Uh, Tenshin Zenki, key. This key means many things. It means the whole the whole operation of the universe. It also means a pivot. It also means a loom, like you're weaving, like like the uh, particulars weave the loom of uh, the universal. Um, so it's and it all it. Um, it means opportunity also. So when we inquire, when energy arises, when our concern comes forth about how do we take care of this reality of suchness, this dharma of suchness, that it, that all of us have some sense of, even those of you who are fairly new to Zazen, your um, just what brought you here is part of this dharma of suchness. Uh, so a pivotal moment, the arrival of energy, our inquiry, 
brings it forth, brings forth the meaning of this. So uh, it, we can't pin it down in words or deliberations, as it says later on. However, this meaning does come forth. It does arise. We can interact with it and engage it. So I want to also mention the, the next couple of lines. Move and you are trapped, miss and you fall into doubt and vacillation. So how? Do, so this this is also a particularly uh, a, could be a zazen instruction. So we say not to move. But if we if we if we uh, move or shake in our commitment to express the wholeness of the Dharma of suchness, we fall into a trap. It could be translated as we fall into a pit. So how do we how do we actually meet this dharma of suchness? Miss it and you fall into doubt and vacillation. Oh no, I can't do this. Oh no, it's not real. Oh, what am I going to do? You know, this we we all at times have been subject or are subject to such doubt and vacillation. So the point is to stay steady in our expression and interaction and meeting with this intimate meeting with this reality, this dharma of suchness. How do we stay with it? How do we come back to it? Because of course we we do, you know, we do lean to the left or to the right sometimes. Um, But, um, and in, in our everyday activity, of course, we we forget this, or or it's not that you have to you know hold on to it and remember it through the day, but it's there in our life, in the circumstances of our life. So how do we stay with it? How do we come back to it when when we do fall into doubt and vacillation? So there's a line later on in the, in this uh, long poem about making mistakes, and it's important to make mistakes. That's how we learn. But then we have to get up. Um, So Dogen has an essay where he talks about when you fall to the ground, get up from the ground. But then he also says when you fall to the ground, get up from the sky. How do we stay open to when we miss it, when we move and get trapped, So this is a challenging practice to take good care of the Dharma, the reality, the teaching and practice of just this is it, suchness. So again, Yunyan said, just this is it. And that sent Dongshan on his way to look into the uh, reflection, the jewel mirror of the stream. And he saw, I'm not it, but it actually is me. So again, that's the this is the 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 song of our school, the song of our family style. Move and you are trapped, missing you fall into doubt and vacillation. And then further it says, turning away and touching are both wrong, for it is like a massive fire. 
So we can't um, try and escape it. We can't turn away from it. Uh, all of you here, having, having done zazen, having engaged with the dharma of suchness, with the teaching and reality of just this, um, in a way you are trapped. <laughs> You're part of this dharma of suchness. So congratulations. It now is you, but you're not it. <laughs> you can't turn away from it. And touching, touching it, trying to get a hold of it, grabbing it, that character that is translated here as touching also could be groping or grabbing. There's a meaning for that character. So trying to get a hold of it and, and running away from it are both wrong. When I finished Dharma Transmission with my teacher at Tassajara, the three-week ceremony, as I was about to leave, he said to me, don't run away from yourself. So that's, turning away is wrong. (laughs) Turning away and touching are both wrong because it's like a massive fire, this Dharma of suchness. It's a beacon for all of us. It brought us to Zazen practice. It brought us to engage in the Dharma of suchness. But, you know, fires are dangerous. We, um, if we don't tend them and pay attention to them, they can spread. And we see, you know, in, in the advent of climate breakdown, massive fires in so many places, in my old home of California, in the West Coast particularly, but elsewhere too, um, It's like a massive fire. So we can't turn away from it, but we can't get a hold of it either. If you try and put your hand in the fire, it burns. So (laughs) here's this advice, this instruction, this guidance uh, from Dongshan in this Joel Mayer Samadhi song. Turning away and touching are both wrong for it is like a mess of fire. So how do we stay near, not not, uh, try and get a hold of it, but not ignore it either? This is like the massive fire of karma. We can't control it. We can't uh, change it. Um, The the causes and conditions uh, of the Second Noble Truth are, are there in, in communally for our country now and for our world now, but also for us individually. It's like a massive fire. And as the Fox Coat says, we can't ignore it. It's like a massive fire. But there's also the saying in Zen that all Buddhas sit in the middle of fire. So part of this practice is to connect with the ultimate, to connect with the universal reality. And then the other side of it, as I was saying, is how do we express it ourselves? And part of that is being willing to meet the difficulties of the world sit in the flames of suffering. And that's a, a practice that's very available now in so many ways. How do we meet the, 
suffering of the world, the suffering of the pandemic. 800,000 plus people in our country dead from this pandemic. It's a massive fire. But Buddhists sit right in the middle of it, too. So maybe for as bodhisattva practitioners, we, sh- we shouldn't try and touch it. But Buddhists are willing to just be in the middle of the flames of suffering of the world. So these two, these, this, this um, dynamic of the ultimate or universal and the, condi- and the conditioned or provisional or uh, phenomenal or the particular, and that dynamic unfolds in a fivefold process, which uh, this song opens with. Um, so we have to, you know, uh, have, you know, um, Suzuki Roshi talked about losing our balance against the background of perfect balance. That background of perfect balance is just this is it, the dharma of suchness, all things, the wholeness of all things. And our constantly losing our balance is that we are uh, engaged in hearing the cries of the world, hearing the suffering of the world, hearing the difficulties of our society in our own lives. So there's this dynamic relationship and Dongshan continues, just to portray it in literary form is to stain it with defilement. So here's this, you know, wonderful literary poem or song that is that our, our school song. And yet um, we can't get a hold of it in words. So to try and explain it, to try and figure it out, to try and get a hold of some understanding of this uh, dynamic of the Dharma of suchness, you know, that's not it. That's kind of, we fall into defilement. So David, maybe uh, we can leave this uh, screen share for now. I may come back to it, but maybe that's enough for today. Um, There's so much in this poem. uh, There's so much in this song that guides, that helps us see how to take care of this reality of suchness, this uh, wonderful dharma and challenging dharma in uh, our in our time. So I've been repeating this um, this news that I've heard um, about our situation now, you know, with um, COVID, with uh, the white supremacy terrorist party trying to destroy democracy in our country, with climate breakdown affecting people all over the world, Uh, glaciers are melting and so forth, Um, and the problems of injustice and and, uh, and cruelty in the world. How do we deal with that? And uh, so I've been repeating this this message I've heard, which is that um, bodhisattvas in all the realms in the 10 directions, in different solar systems and galaxies and dimensions of time and space uh, are all 
getting in line to be reborn in this world, in this place and time. For Bodhisattva practitioners, each of you in your own way, this is the most wonderful place to be, this difficult time and place. Because everything we do to express and share this reality or dharma of suchness, of just this is it, everything we do can make a big difference now. The world needs our practice now. This is not a time to kind of uh, give up and feel like, well, there's nothing, you know, it's, it's, there's no, nothing we can do be, because, you know, the whole world is going, uh, you know, the whole human race is going to pass away because of uh, climate breakdown. Uh, things are going to be difficult, but actually uh, this, is the, this is the best place to be. Everything we do, each of us, and together, communally, as Sangha and various Sanghas, can make a big difference. So just to express uh, the reality of interconnectedness, the possibility of kindness and caring, the uh, clear seeing of all of the, the problems and dilemmas of our world, Doing that now is so important. It can make a big difference. So Sangha now, each each Sangha and all Sanghas are kind of islands of sanity in a world that is uh, burning up in various ways. And yet um, our practice, our caring, in whatever way you engage that, is very helpful now. So um, I could keep babbling about this uh, Jewel Marisamadi song, and there's a lot more in it that I could talk about, but maybe I'll just stop now for today and invite you all to express comments, questions, reflections on any of what I've been talking about. Or if if you have questions about any other lines in the song, you're welcome to bring those forward too. So um, thank you for being here. Those of you who are visible on screen, you can just raise your hands. Those of you who are not visible except by your name, you can go to the participants box. And at the bottom, there's a raise hand function. So David Ray, would you help me call on people And please, uh, your uh, response or reflection or question about this uh, samadhi or practice, this concentration on this jewel mirror of suchness. Eric has a question. Good. Comment. Hello, Tigan. I just want to. The, 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 the Dharma response uh, or the Dharma inquiry of what is it? What is it? Could you, could you say just this is it? Just this is it. But just this is it is just to say just this is it, just to have heard that um, is not enough. In some ways, maybe it's enough, but it's only enough if you keep inquiring. What is this Dharma of suchness here now? 
what is this dharma of suchness in this relationship, in this interaction, in this situation? How do I respond from a place that is connected with the wholeness, but responding in the particular situation? So it's it's a statement and a question. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Other comments, questions, responses? David Ray. Thank you, Taigan. Um, I have a question about mirrors or, or why why the, the mirror. I've, I've been thinking about mirrors, I guess, more in, in Western culture. I, I know that there's also the Huinang story. But, uh, but, but mirrors are weird and scary in addition to being mysterious and, and wonderful. There's, you know, there's Narcissus and there's Alice in the Looking Glass. And um, I know a lot of people who finally admitted to me or a few, few friends who said, the reason I don't want to Zoom with you, like I don't want to have a, a Zoom meal, is that it's painful to look at myself. I'm looking at myself in the mirror the whole time. I remember being scared of mirrors as a, as a child in addition to being fascinated by them. And they're so... They're so intimate. Um, so, so I, I just wonder if, uh, like, what the, what the, what the East Asian, like, if, if there is an East Asian correlate to that, and that's if that's part of the reason why it's a mirror. I mean, I get it that it comes from the story of Dongshan seeing himself in the water, but why mirrors? Thank you. Yeah. Well, um, I don't think there's one version of what a mirror is in East Asia, but all the things you said are applicable. So. Um, you know, and on this Zoom screen, I see all of you, and you see me differently than I see me because in uh, each one of you is um, rotated left and right. So this is my right hand, but I see it on anyway. It's so there's this funny thing that happens in Zoom anyway. Uh, yeah, looking into the mirror, of course, Dongshan looking at the stream. He was, you know, even if the stream was flowing fairly, you know, was deep at that, it couldn't have been that deep because he was wading across. But even if it wasn't too ripply, there's a distortion there. So uh, maybe all mirrors distort in some way. Uh, but that that can be useful. How do we see different? How do we see different ways of seeing what's in the mirror? I know in um, in Japan and I think in China too, mirrors are sometimes well. They have a very decorated back, so there's the mirror and there's the back of the mirror, and the back of the mirror often is a relief sculpture of who knows what cranes or turtles or uh, various nature scenes. But sometimes there's no there's just that, and there's no reflective surface, and they call that a mirror. So uh, sometimes the moon is called a mirror. When we look into the look at the full moon, uh, that's a reflection of ourselves. So we can we can. So I appreciate your question, and I don't. I I'm responding, but I don't really have a an answer. I just, of course, but just that mirrors show us ourselves, but in a funny way. And uh, of course, there are those very distorted mirrors of fun houses. Um, anyway, um, but there's also mirrors as a way of seeing interconnectedness. So, uh, 
this five-fold dynamic of the uh, five degrees that start that comes in the Jewel Mirror Samadhi, and there are various fives, various kinds of fives in this in this song, has to do with this five-fold integration of the ultimate and the particular, and there's different aspects of it. Um, and so the last chapter of my book, Just This Is It, is about that five-fold thing. But um, uh, where was I going with that? Um, yeah, so we um, see different aspects of ourselves in different mirrors. And... Um, uh, oh, I remember Fasong. Yes, so uh, this t- this teaching of five degrees is a development in Zhaodong or Soto Zen, starting with Dongshan, and it was these five degrees were talked about a lot, discussed and studied a lot in Chinese Zhaodong tradition and in Japanese Soto Zen, um, but they come out of the Huayan Avatamsaka school in China, which has a fourfold interrelationship. Some of us have, uh, do a monthly reading of the Flower Ornament Sutra, the first Friday evening of the month uh, on, on our Ancient Dragon Zoom. Uh, but the Huayan school that developed from that, uh, from that very psychedelic sutra had a way of describing the different processes of this. And one story about that is about Fadzang, who was one of the great ancestors, patriarchs of the Huayan school in China. Uh, there's, I don't think there's any, there's a Kegon school that's a minor school now in Japan. I don't think there's a Huayan school in America particularly, but it's very much part of the background of Soto Zen. So Empress Wu, who was the, the uh, ruler then, uh, and who's also a Buddhist patron and a Buddhist practitioner, and one of the most powerful women in world history. Um, she was friends with and a patron of Fadzang, this, uh, this uh, teacher in the, in the Huayan school. And she, she asked him, how do you, how, how can you, I don't, I don't understand this interconnectedness, she said. What do you mean by saying that everything is interconnected? How do you, how, how can you express that? And uh, Fasang gave a few answers, but one of them was that he constructed a room with mirrors on all sides and top and bottom. And he put a Buddha statue in the middle of it. I'm sure it was a lovely Buddha. And he brought Empress Wu into the room. And she saw that in all the mirrors all around, there were Buddhas and they were reflecting Buddhas all around too. And so it's this dynamic reality of interconnectedness, this holographic sense of reality uh, that Fazan demonstrated with mirrors. And I once had the opportunity in uh, Ukiah in in Northern California at the city of 10,000 Buddhas, which is uh, the center of one of the Chinese American Chan uh, uh, lineages, they actually have a room like that. <laughs> and you can see Buddhas all around in all directions. <laughs> um, so this is an image of this. So using mirrors, Fazan created an image of how of the, this interconnectedness that's uh, you know, very basic to 
this dharma of suchness that we're all interconnected in so many intricate ways. So that's a little bit about mirrors. <laughs> Other questions, comments, responses, reflections in your own mirror. Please feel free. There's a comment in chat, which I'll, which I'll read. Excellent. Thank you. Let's see. Uh, it's, um, it says, uh, um, you mentioned today, and this is from, uh, sorry, I'm having trouble with, with the chat. Uh, it's from Engyoku, and it says, uh, you mentioned today the dialogue between Dongshan and Yunyan, and you mentioned in one of your articles two answers, just this is it, and just this person. I didn't understand if they were two different translations of the same dialogue. Could you talk a little bit about the differences between these answers? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, um, <laughs> uh, I meant to get to that. So uh, one of the themes in the Song of the Jewel Mary Samadhi is the relationship between teachers and students. And um, so in, that, in Dongshan's response, just this is it, the pronoun that, um, that is translated as it in just this is it, or in the um, you are not it, but in truth, it is you. The personal pronoun you uh, could be uh, translated. It could, it, it could be translated as a personal, as a, it could be translated as suchness or no, the, 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 the it, just this uh, could be, tra- just this is, it could be translated just this person. So that's also part of this, uh, part of this teaching, you know, uh, in, in all of these dialogues um, that have been uh, collected and 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 uh, transmitted or saved for us, um, there are there could be various translations of Chinese characters, which is why sometimes you find very different translations. Sometimes in in good translations you find different translations. Of course, there are bad translations here and there, but just this person is another way of of, of translating the the, the uh, characters that are uh, in the story for what Yunyan said to Dongshan, just this person. And that's a different side of the teaching, and it's important. So both both versions are important. It could be it's about suchness, just this is it, or it's about uh, our the interaction of teachers and students. So just this person, uh, and, and it, you know, in a way it doesn't matter which one Yunyan intended when he said this back in whatever, 1850 or whenever it was. I mean, 850, a <laughs> uh, thousand years before 1850. What, don't, what Yunyan actually s- intended is less the point than how we hear it and how we practice with it. So there's also just this person. And if that's the translation, then you could 
you are not it, yet in truth it is you, could be read as you are not her, she actually is you, or you are not him, he actually is you. So this is uh, about the teacher-student relationship, which is another one of the central themes of this song of the Joel Mary Samadhi. Um, and there are various other things about that, but, um, you know, I feel that way about my teacher. I am not him, but he actually is me. There's some way in which uh, this relationship with, with a teacher uh, is, um, you know, also has a fivefold character and is tricky. So uh, just to uh, point to other lines that uh, in this that are about the teacher-student relationship. Um, well, one of them is, uh, and you don't have to put the, the text up, David, but um, there's a, later on towards the end, it says, with his archer's skill, ye hit the mark at 100 paces, but when arrows meet head on, how could it be a matter of skill? And, and um, uh, later on, it talks about, um, or around, somewhere around there, it is not it's not reached by feelings or consciousness. How could it involve deliberations? So we can't meet this suchness, and we can't meet our teacher or our student through calculations. You know, it's not that's not the point. Uh, how do we intimately? respond and convey to each other this um, this dharma of suchness. So this story, Yi was a famous uh, archer from ancient times in China, and it says, with his archer skill, Yi hit the mark at 100 paces. But then it says, when arrows meet head on, how could it be a matter of skill? This is to point to something that goes beyond skill or deliberation or uh, our calculations. So th- this is a story about a teacher and student. The teacher was the greatest archer in all of China. So this is a classical story from probably from some Taoist or Confucian text, but this teacher was the greatest archer in the world, known as such. And his student, who was got to be a very, very good archer, decided oh, if I kill my teacher, I'll be the greatest archer in the world. So he got his bow and arrow, and he he was at some distance away, and he let loose an arrow. But, of course, his teacher knew what was happening, and he fired an arrow, and these arrows met head on. So they they both realized that they both were the greatest teacher. Um, So this, but this, these arrows meeting head on is... um, an image for, uh, we sometimes say mind-to-mind transmission, face-to-face transmission, for that total connection of uh, teacher and student. There's other lines in here that are about uh, teacher and student too, but uh, that's one of the uh, contexts, and that comes up from the translation, just this person, and you are not him, he actually is you. So uh, there's a whole lot going on in this in this teaching poem and this in our school song. So um, that's a little bit about that question. I see Rihanna has uh, her hand up. 
Uh, hi, Rihanna. Hi, Taigen Sensei. Speaking of teacher-student, thank you for inviting me here today. Nice to be with you. Um, you know, you, you mentioned this line, speaking of your teacher, uh, that Reb had said to you, don't run away from yourself. And yeah. I'd love to hear if you could share over the years and decades how that's shown up for you. Hmm. Well, we each have our own personal karma. By the way, Rihanna took a class with me at Graduate Theological Union a long while ago, and she's also part of the Upaya practice period on this text. But yeah, um, uh, my teacher, Tenshin Reb Anderson, uh, uh, I've been I actually studied with him closely for 22 years before he gave me Dharma transmission. Um, and he saw me at my very worst and at my very best. But all of our ancient twisted karma is what brought us here. It's what brings us to practice. So part of the practice of suchness, the dharma of suchness, is facing uh, the, the, the personal karma of greed, hate, and delusion, which we all have from ancient twisted, from ancient times, from um, you know, our genetic karma, our cultural karma, um, uh, the lineage of, of teachers in various ways, and our own patterns of greed and anger and confusion and fear and so forth. So a big part of Zazen is becoming intimate with that. Going through uh, times when they get, when those things get in the way, um, and um, getting to know ourselves, becoming intimate with ourselves. So this is, uh, I, I've said this is the difficult part of zazen practice, of sustained zazen practice. It's not, you know, some pain in our knees or, or, or some sleepiness in zazen or some uh, confusion. It's seeing our own patterns of, uh, reacting, our own habits of reacting to different situations, to different contexts, and becoming really intimate with them. And then uh, when we do that, sometimes they go away, things go away. Sometimes some patterns go away. Sometimes they're very, very deep, and they never go away. But because we have become intimate with ourselves and been willing to sit and periods of zazen and see this arising and this too uh, we don't need to react to them to those things as we might have done habitually or earlier we can uh, gradually be willing to see the, this our stuff to use the technical term and um, not re- not react Maybe we can respond based on it, but it's uh, so this is part of the process of Zen practice and Zen training. Um, but what Reb was saying to me is don't don't run away from that. Don't uh, try and be somebody other than this, just this person. So that's a little bit of a response. Thank you, Rihanna. 
Other questions, comments, reflections, responses? Yes, Randy, hi. Hi, Tigan. Um, I want to go back to this, this sentence. You are not it, but in truth it is you. And um, I'm wondering if we can draw a circle around it in the sense that, uh, a, that that's a timeless moment, that it's not like at this moment you're not it, so you better work very hard and, until uh, in truth it is you. But if that's like uh, together as one thing that's no that's not that's part of suchness the 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 you're not it is just as much suchness as but in truth it is you and um and in terms of zazen maybe sometimes do we come to the cushion and sit down and at that moment we're not it and we're going to work real hard you know and follow our breathing and our body and come back and then (laughs) in truth it is you after a little while (laughs) and so um i don't know i just had that thought when you were speaking earlier that maybe maybe there's no time there maybe it's like one time yes yes yeah thank you thank you for that question yes exactly Mm -hmm. it's not that you are not it and after a a good while of practice in truth it is you (laughs) Uh as you say so it's not there's no these are not stages Uh uh dongshan uh uh, as i talk about extensively in the book just this is it dongshan Mm -hmm. cut through stages he was not talking about stages of accomplishment or stages of practice you are not it that's true Mm -hmm. now and forever this personal you, the person in the particular Zoom box, um, you're not the whole of the Dharma of suchness. And yet, at the same time, exactly, uh, it actually is you. Because it includes the ultimate, the universal, includes all of the particular and the phenomenal. They're not separate. And there's, again, as I said, there's this process of interact of how they interact but it's not like you know if you if you practice long enough you get to the point where you know it truly is you it truly is you right now it truly suchness truly is you before you started practicing before you even thought of practicing it includes you it includes everything it includes everyone which is why you know uh, i talked last week about the practice of radical respect respecting all beings. It doesn't mean you have to agree with all beings. It doesn't mean that beings who do terrible things shouldn't be held accountable and, uh, and of course, feel the consequences. But we, we, don't have to, we don't have to disrespect anyone. We can respect the whole thing because in truth, it is you. In tr- each one, the, whole, the wholeness of... The Dharmakaya includes everything and everyone, including each of you. And of course, the process, there is a process, perhaps I could say, of practice and sustained practice. Um, Sometimes people feel like they're not getting anywhere. They're not (laughs) progressing in their zazen practice. Uh, That's not exactly the point, but, you know, we do get to plateaus in our practice. I've quoted um, one of my favorite sentences from Dogen. People who've been here a while have heard me say this. Just um, experience the vital process on the path of going beyond Buddha. 
So this is a this is a sentence about the process of uh, not that first you're you're not it then it is you, but deepening our sense and our expression of how that is. We can more fully express the wonders of suchness in our particular situation because of this alchemical quality of zazen. Just experience the vital process. It's a, it's a process of going beyond Buddha, which is to say uh, not being stuck in, in some version of Buddha. So Shakyamuni Buddha, when he had his total full awakening and became the Buddha, he didn't stop practicing. He continued practicing every day and he continued awakening every day. So just experience the vital process. It's not about, you know, people naturally, we make judgments about, oh, that was a good period of zazen, or that was a lousy period of zazen, or I'm not doing it right, or, or that was wonderful, or, you know, we can make those judgments. But don't believe everything you think. Um, apart from those judgments, sometimes, uh, even when things, when your zazen seems dull and nothing's happening, uh, underneath the surface, in this vital process, in this alchemical uh, process, that we are unfolding and developing this reality, just this is it. So thank you for your question, Randy. So we have time for maybe one or two. Hey, Ed, how are you? Hey, is it okay if I share a, a screen of the Hall of Mirrors? At- sure. Sure, if you can do that, yeah. Is this at Fazong's place or at Ukiah? <laughs> is that visible? Yes. So oh, this that, is, you said this is at Versailles? This is in, outside of Paris. Yes, so yes. When you w- see your own reflection in each one of these mirrors, you're also seeing a, a part of the world outside in the window opposing the mirror that's uniquely directed so that your your physical body is always outside the world but in different parts of the world, depending on where you are in the hall. And, wow. and, this, and this is the room that the Europeans chose to conclude the treaty of World War I in. Ah. And so in this, I just, this is an, I'm just a, a bit of a reflection on David Ray's query on the nature of mirroring and, and the, 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 the miracle of, of being placed in more than one pl- one one location at a time by virtue of this of, of the mirror and the window and the glass. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's very cool. Um, of course, it's different from uh, Fadzang's room that he constructed for the Empress Wu, which was round, circular. So each of those mirrors would have reflected each of the other mirrors, not just the one across from it. But that's very cool. That's that's. Uh, starting point. So, thank you. So, any more, uh, another comment or question? Please feel free. Oketsu. So, just to add a psychological twist to mirroring, in uh the practice of psychotherapy and in theories on psychology, uh, which some of you may remember, um, 
there's a process, and I don't know if Co's still here with her baby, but yes. of humans and especially parents and children having a process of mirroring, of reflecting each other that's essential for their development. And also that relationality in this mirroring uh, calms everybody down <laughs> and uh, creates a really deep and generative bond. So, you know, I noticed when Ko, you know, with her baby, and certainly we do this with each other here almost, but there's this process of reflecting each other that's a very intimate and almost cellular um, nourishing process. So I was just reflecting on that aspect of mirroring. Thank you very much. Thank you, Hogetsu. And I've been talking today about our uh, school song, the song of our Soto Zen family. Tomorrow evening, Hogetsu Lori is going to give a talk on, uh, on family style. So uh, that will be related to this. Uh, so thank you very much, Hogetsu. Yes, in uh, parenting, in mother, mother and child, and and also with teacher and student, that the, the teacher mirrors the student and the student mirrors the teacher. And a good teacher is always learning from his students or her students. So thank you.